On this week's Superhero Show show, we'll find out if Leighton discovers who Mr. Wilford is on Snowpiercer, if the Taste Buds cast the perfect into the Spider-Verse 2, and if Wildcat will wild out on Stargirl. All of that and more on the Superhero Show show. What's up, nerds? Welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only show on the internet where we review every live-action television show based on a comic book or a comic book property. My name is Cassie, and I will be your host of this episode, and I'm here to lead us through all this really good comic book TV. But of course, I can't do it alone. I need some friends, so I brought two very good ones along with me. Here with me, as always, is Mike. Hello! How are you, Cassie? I am just lovely, Mike. How are you doing? I'm doing fine and dandy. Fine and dandy. That's good to hear. I'm glad... That we just have this moment to ourselves, just really check in. And yeah, there's not enough just like Cass and Mike time just yeah. to mess around, just to cut it up, just to wild out. Just wild out just a little bit. Let our hair down, wild out just a little bit. I'm into it. And then I'm, I'm real happy that everyone is really respectful on the show and isn't going to interrupt at all. Like we're just some real certified nice people here. Officially certified nice? Yeah, officially certified nice. And Wait, one hold, of those, I'm sorry, hold on. What am I supposed to be talking about here? Uh you want Oh, okay. I remember which show I'm on. I'm sorry. I have so many podcasts, it's hard for me to remember. Okay, uh, big time. Big time. This guy one is... Here. Sorry, I just sat down, guys. Uh, what are we doing? Talking yeah, about pop- what... Are we reviewing popcorn? Let's do it. Yeah, yeah your favorite popcorn. Caramel or classic? Who's going to win? Oh, my God. Caramel. All the way. Obviously. I don't, Obviously you don't really classic. What? Absolutely not. Full weeds classic. The only, way, the only way that classic's worth eating is you drop some M&M, M&Ms in that motherfucker. Mmm. Yeah. You got to spice it up a little bit. Just a basic ass popcorn, like wild out a bit. Ryan, could you? Would you? Uh, no, 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 no. I super appreciate the fact that you took my delicious classic popcorn and you dripped some sort of toe jammed flavored maple syrup all over it. Yeah, I'm sorry. thanks for that shit. I don't know what toe jam stuff you are eating, but I'm worried about where you shop and where you're going. His family always just made homemade caramel, and they didn't really know how to do it. And it's pretty easy <laughs> to make, uh, so they would just scoop out toe jam. And, okay, that's caramel. Scoop that's, hey, that's out, normal, baby. <laughs> when you're talking about farming toe jam, you have to pick the perfect word for what that is. <laughs> and scooping is really it. You really do feel like your toes have been scooped. Oh, <sighs> this, this is absolutely terrible. I don't know if I introduced you. This is Ryan, who's into toe stuff. And I'm fine. <laughs> and you're doing good. I mean, it's whatever. I I, I do feel like that. I'm in that like uh, post birthday lull. You know, we're like last week. He, so he, he was going to um, mention it. I, I I did a really good job at celebrating me much better than you two did. And then this week I'm sort of down because, you know, like uh, excitement is on a credit card. And so I spent it all last week and now I'm just fuck, I don't fucking care. Like, oh, I'm on a podcast. Oh, oh, big deal. What are you two idiots? Good. I mean, yeah, we are two. Yes. And that is good. I would I would agree with both of these. But you guys speaking of like popcorn and the classics. And, like, going back to, like, normal life. I don't know if you guys saw the bubble concert that happened on the late night show with Stephen Colbert. But um, concerts are back, and it's just people in bubbles. Bubbles? Yeah, you know those, bubbles. like... Bubbles. Bubbles. Those, like, blow-up um, 
little like, like bubble Jake thing. Hall? Like Bubble Boy, yes. Straight up like Bubble Boy. And it's just like you throw your kid in there with you. The performers were all in these bubbles on stage going for it. And it was a wild experience. Is it full like like do your legs hit the ground or is it full gerbil ball American gladiators you have to like, like roll around like this? Yeah, that's what it could be. That's the potential. Like everybody was very respectful and just staying in their little spot and rocking the bubble Ew. back and forth. But they are made to roll. So like it yeah. was a very like the concert that was, it was like the uh, Flaming Lips or somebody like that. But what I want is like a punk concert. So because that's yeah. the way to mosh. For Full sure. on bubble warp tour. That's what I want to go to. <laughs> oh my God, yes. And it just made me like, I was so bummed that we couldn't have concerts, but I, it's good to know they're back. And once we escalate it and people get down with just always moshing, no matter what the concert is in these bubbles, I'm back in. See, you guys say rock or punk, but for me, it's hip hop. I would love a good bubble rap. Excellent. Excellent. You I'm know back, what? guys. Back. I'm not sad anymore. I'm totally back. <laughs> you got juiced up. <laughs> Brought himself back up. Well, you guys, speaking of back up, uh, we got to talk about the tail end people on Snowpiercer bringing it back up to the front of the train. That's what we're talking about for the main event. But before that, Bro. a quick stop at the bullpen. As I promised, we are here in the bullpen. And you know it's shushy time. Shushies are up. So we got another week of some awards to give away. Ryan, what are we doing this week? This week, Cassie is best sidekick, which is something that I'm not sure if TV always delivers, but is definitely a staple of superheroes um just in general cassie before i get to the nominees like what do you think a good sidekick needs to have some good one-liners you kind of like my good sidekick is just kind of a fool like you're not really there to help you're there to be like the punchline essentially the punch uh, so like i was gonna say like quipster like they're making jokes but what you want is a jerry from parks and rec where you just you're making fun (laughs) of them the entire time yeah i'll take either actually because both both are some yeah, I'll take either. It was initially what you were saying, but then I realized what came out of my mind and my heart was that I do want a Jerry as a sidekick. Yes. I feel like yeah, this what a bully mentality. Yeah. I feel like this is a good time to promote uh, the podcast, The Unnatural 20s, where <laughs> Caitlin, the sidekick, is constantly berated by Cassie, the hero. 100%. Yes. So that is what I'm looking Mike, for. Mike, what do you want? I want uh, – it's kind of a foil to somebody who's probably less than in fighting skills, but they, they, they show a different worldview than the hero. So there there should be some head clashing because the hero might be like, never kill. And the sidekick, I guess, is always, always kill. <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> Constantly But kill. yeah, they, they're just – to bounce off of like you, – you want them to bond and you want them to fight. You mean like – With each other yeah, and others. Like sort of argue and yeah. talk about the best way. Um. Yeah, I always go back to Sherlock Holmes, Sherlock and Watson, where uh, Sherlock is clearly the smartest in the hero, but he has serious issues. He's an egomaniac, uh, mm-hmm. very bad drug issues. Mm-hmm. And Holmes is like, he's a B or B minus at everything Sherlock can do, but none of that bullshit. So they, Yeah, he's good at people. Yeah, they sort of balance <laughs> each other out. Oh my God, it is me and Mike. God damn it. <laughs> uh, guys, this is the fifth shushy for best sidekick. Um, Jarvis. Waverly Earp, and then two years of Pop Filter Hall of Famer Alan Tudyk winning for Danger Boat. Mm. Uh, <laughs> did, of course. That was a good move. Do, do those sum up sidekicks to you? Yes. Danger Boat 100%. Yes. And, yeah, you're supposed to be, like, lesser than the hero for Danger Boat is no legs, no. just a boat. So. Just a boat that can, like, start a party at any moment and hit on your friends that come into the boat. Like, yep, good sidekick. <laughs> okay, that is just like friends I used to have. 
Your first nominee, and this is a weird one because I do think that it's sometimes it's hard to figure out who is the hero, who is the co-hero, and who is the sidekick. This person's from a team, but I really do think that literally everyone else is elevated to team, and then he's just alone. It's Deke from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. who, oh, yeah. who can't get past sidekick, you know? Even though he's complaining, he's like, I have skills, and like, I don't know, we all... <laughs> found each other but all of us found you <laughs> like it's kind of crazy to have a sidekick that's built to that level that is just straight like a brick house it's kind of crazy that that guy is a sidekick because he's so intimidating but yes all right so you're thinking of mac dang it you guys cassie you're new- Deke? cassie you're new to the Deke. agents of shield universe mac is in charge he is the director of shield mm, uh deke is the tiny white guy who follows him around yeah, he's the squirrel who really likes yeah. lemons and Zima. A brick house. Like, <laughs> you know, like that tiny brick house. That tiny, uh, bitty brick house. I sort of wonder, though, watching Deke, like going back to what Cassie said about quipping, if you would just fucking shut up and stop making jokes, we might put you on the team. But you can't, <laughs> yeah. so you're just going to be a sidekick forever. This next one has all of it. From the show, I am not okay with this. It's Stan Barber. Mm-hmm. He is quip. He wants to mentor and is bad at it. Uh, he is also has Jerry elements. He does it all. Yeah, he tries to help, but it's never like fully helping. But his heart is in the right place, and you know, like gosh dang it, he is fully trying. And he's like classic teen sidekick meets superhero sidekick. He is really blending the Kimmy Gibbler and Robin of it all. Mm-hmm. The Kimmy Gibbler and the Kimmy Schmidt. He's a full on Kimmy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I do think that's interesting. That like, if you uh, want to be a mentor and you're good at it, you will be. But if you're not, sidekick, bro. Like, yeah. I think we're going to talk about this soon. Like, get the fuck out of here. Uh, your next one is from Legion, the final season of Legion, and it's the Louder Milks, who the show spent some time focusing on, but no matter what, they were always some sort of like, go figure out that science, go figure out these, kill these bad guys. But they were always a sidekick to what the main thing was. Right. Because a, a big sidekick trait is. Uh... Whether it's deserve it or not, the show and or the people you love treat you like you only have one skill set. Right. <laughs> You're not a fully – so for Carrie Laddermilk, it's just the science. And for Carrie Laddermilk, it's just the fist and kicks. Yeah. that's They're like ultimate sidekick because you do get both. Like it's a two-for-one deal, which seems like cheating. But you, you just trade them out, like tap them in WWE style, and I love that. I do I, – like, I'm a little nervous that they just take this down, not because – Legion has won a lot of shishies in its in its run, but also to reward two for one. Like, how do you deny that? You know, your next one is Mazikeen, uh, Lucifer's sidekick, who, as of late, is finding out that she is a sidekick and not super happy about it. Mm-hmm. But does she still have that like sort of sidekick flair? Well, she's definitely different. Where he is good at people, she is not. Mm -hmm. Where he wants to handle things uh, subtly and manipulative, she wants to do it with fists and knives. So she has the different worldview. But yeah, Robin is a teenager, so he's fine with being a sidekick. It's when he becomes an adult and wants to Nightwing out, he's furious that Batman only treats him like a sidekick. So to be the same age as somebody, they you thought you were partners, you left heaven together or hell together and built a thing together and to find out... Everybody, including your best friend, is like, no, but you're less than. I understand getting mad by that. Yeah. But, I mean, that is a, that, it's an interesting point, though, because Mazikeen was a little slower to figure out how to act human and why acting like a human is good. You know? So that does mm-hmm. keep her younger in a sense of like, yeah. no, I will just stay, say very weird things that nobody gets because, again, I'm a demon from hell. <laughs> how are you? 
But that's like that's the other side of the sidekick I forgot about because I do want a sidekick that's there for quips, but I also do want a sidekick that's just a loose cannon and there to like murder anybody at any point and also insult children at the drop of a hat. Like that, love that sidekick. Yeah, no, I mean, I sort of agree with you, but I definitely know that you agree with you, Cassie. Like yeah, that well, is that's becoming your main about. thing of like, uh, how do we threaten children as hard as we can? Mm-hmm. Yes, I stand by this. Your final nominee is recent. But such a classic sidekick, and he's got some uh, dashes. He's got some like he's got different roles. He is Pat, and he is Stripesy, and he is Stripe. And we have seen him be a sidekick in different eras, you know, a decade apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've also seen something that I sort of like. Uh, this is not what I find with Mike. Uh, he sort of appreciates the role of sidekick and only wants to do that. Mike. Mm-hmm is always saying, I'm not it anymore, and now you're mine, you fucking idiot, and then leads me around. But Luke Wilson is sort of like, no, I love this shit. I'm a sidekick. Well, yeah, because he also tries to do the mentor thing, but mostly it's, as a sidekick, you don't have the responsibility of saving the world on your shoulders. His main goal is to find the person who will save the world. <laughs> That's I love that adventure. <laughs> He's the agent. He also uh, got tired of it, and so he built a robot that, doesn't work or does anything and that's such a psychic mm. move is just build a shitty just robot a bad robot he's also the only rob or assistant who's taken on like a true assistant role and we know that he is there to get like coffees and dry cleaning and all of that so he is like yeah he's fulfilling all the roles of sidekick and he's the only one that we have like true knowledge that he's doing it all yeah he's on his tax returns it used to say sidekick yeah. because he just was so legit at it <laughs> but like if he were to win this is it because he's mentor? Like, do you guys think that his mentorship at this point has taken over his sidekick ship? No, because there's definitely better mentors on our shows. I, was gonna, I don't think he's giving the best Pat. advice. Like, it's not a, it's not advice that's being followed or anything, really. So, yeah, he's not teaching her. Mm-hmm. Like, he's trying so, to, but anytime he, yeah, he, every time he finishes a sentence, it cuts to Courtney doing the exact opposite of whatever she he just said. And that's not on Pat, but it is on their relationship. So no matter how, I think his advice is often sound, but mm-hmm. she will never listen. All right. For some reason, I have the winner in a uh, paper towel envelope, which I've never seen before. But can you, can you guys hear this? Me opening it? No, nope. but it, it, if, I bet it's absorbent. It is. And the winner is because Danger Boat and Alan Tudyk were taken out. It is Deke from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, that's definitely, we all know what we like here, Pop Filter for a sidekick. Yeah, uh, if you're not a Patreon member, then you probably didn't hear the Patreon uh, segment that we did about uh, what me and Mike's kids might look like. Um, but if we were handsome, I'd like to think that they would turn out like Deke, which is just like a yeah. semi-capable, uh, always popping off piece of shit kind of guy. And that's what I want in a sidekick. <laughs> That is the perfect summarization. Always popping off piece of shit. Yeah, that is perfect. You got it. Nailed it. And you guys, that is it for this bullpen. That's all the time we have. So now on to our main event. This week on Snowpiercer, 1,001 cars long, a shocking twist in, mur- in the murder investigation brings Leighton and Till's manhut to a cat and mouse climax. Meanwhile, Leighton gets too close to Melanie's big secret, which may prove the most dangerous game of all. Taste buds, I ask you this. Other than the fact that Leighton is the hero of the show, why is the show keeping him alive? Oh, no, that's 100% it. Like, for this show, David Diggs is a star. And yeah. so far, David Diggs' face, particularly when he's eating things or seeing things that he hasn't seen in a while, <laughs> is is the reason to tune in. And yes. 
if they were to do some sort of psycho, you know, like kill kill the the star halfway through, or there's TV like Jason Bateman was just on an HBO show where he died in the first episode. If they were to do that, I'm out. I'm definitely out. Oh, for sure. Yeah, th- th- there's nobody else who does have the charisma of Diggs except for Jennifer Connelly. So at that point, it'd be like, I can't wait to watch this one percenter really fuck over a bunch of people, and I don't want to root for that. And oh, Jennifer yeah. Connelly's charisma is there. Like every once in a while, she'll uh, see something and then raise an eyebrow, which builds mm-hmm. character. But it takes her so long to raise just one of the eyebrows. Like <laughs> we have to watch that entire thing. It's got a full buildup. It's it was pounds. crazy. I thought it was a flashback at first. She was just in a hoodie and a like, baseball cap. And so I was like, oh, this is before she became this. No, this is the tyrant of the train is just relaxing on her time off. And it was it humanized her, but it was very off-putting. But, like, yeah, the fact that you think that's weird is weird. You terrorize us on this show, which is your job. And then mm-hmm. you'll go home to your normal life and then just terrorize other people. It's a living. You got to make them peel your little oranges just because... Well, I'm going to get my hands all over those cuties? I don't think so. Get that citrus underneath the cuticles? I don't think so. Ugh, that stings. <laughs> you guys were saying, like, to Davi Diggs and how, like, I know when you guys have been talking about the show that he always has, like, these great lines, but truly nothing prepared me for when he was in that first class cart and he said, like, he essentially was like, I need all of you guys to shut up because somebody's got a thing for cutting off third class dicks. Like, I was so unready and that was the perfect line. Him swaggering because he knew finally all the first class had to shut up and listen to him because Melanie and Mr. Wilford uh, were in his court was great. I could watch him talk down to people who think they're above him all of the time. And yeah, like I just love like he's not the type of person who whose instincts say walk up to people that are richer than you and grab a handful of breakfast right in front of them <laughs> but he just loves fucking with them like yeah he he lies to them he keeps like the myths of the tale going mm-hmm. and he'll walk up and say like um i would never like instinctually do this but you know what it's gonna work for me and then grabs a whole <laughs> handful of like uh i don't know uh, ambrosia egg yeah. salad <laughs> uh champagne and then shoves it in his mouth and it's because he he is he is controlling that version of people you know and because this is what they expect no matter how hard he tried to be like normal with them they wouldn't accept it this is what they see so he's just reveling in it Mm -hmm. and yeah it dripping off of his face while he's talking (laughs) to them be like uh the murderers in the first class and watching them freak out and say things like nobody in the first class not has ever committed has ever been charged for a crime before Mm -hmm. was uh it is it's so on the nose but goddamn, if we don't need that right now it's i mean like not to compare exact like not apples to apples, but uh, it's Eddie Murphy in Forty Eight Hours walking into the Hillbilly Bar and just saying that I'm the sheriff now and here's what's going to go down, and they just have to deal with it, you know. And I can totally see Leighton that night in his journal saying, "I did the grossest thing. I picked up, <laughs> I picked up a handful of eggs and I hated it. It was so, it felt so gross and I felt so dumb, but I did it. But they know who they're fucking with now. I do love he was reveling in like." playing up to the stereotype but also just like wasting the food like he would take a bite of Uh it and like lay it down because he was like you know they never get any of this and like to see him just like touch everything just to fuck it up (laughs) was so good here we go Leighton. when you go back to the tale and uh tell everyone the story leave that part out don't (laughs) don't tell the tale that (laughs) to the tale that uh 
you grabbed a handful of delicious food and threw most of it on the ground because they're not gonna they're not oh, gonna yeah. respond. Correctly. While they eat their goo bars <laughs> and have to cut them up to make strong boy stronger, no. Oh man. Uh, so this was a continuation from last week. Did you guys see the like chain the um? Well, we hadn't met the character, but the change of the real murderer was that girl who was essentially controlling this guy to kill whoever. Mm-hmm. Like, was that that caught me off guard until I saw her like act full crazy, and then but up until like when she was just there, I thought she was just like down to rat people out. I thought she was just like this like punk kid, and then it was like, no, she is straight up a murderer. No, she was yeah. a punk kid. It's just that she thinks cutting off dicks is punk you know she's not wrong uh i can't think of anything more punk rock but yeah because she sent i think that her guard's name is eric she sent eric after nikki at the end of last week so it wasn't just she's a rat like she was like nikki's awake you know what to do and then chaos ensued um but it did feel like they were in it together or something which i guess they still kind of were like he's just down to do i'm trying to get get how old she is because uh the way her parents talk about her, because I thought she was an adult because she looks like an adult, but they're like, you know, it's hard to say no to LJ, and they don't want to admit that she fucks her guard. So now I'm thinking maybe she's supposed to be like a teenager, and they're just like, this guy who's 30 is fucking her, but you, who, what can we do? But no, like the way that they say it, though, is they're like, it's hard to say no to my daughter fucking her boyfriend because she's 27. And <laughs> yeah, I, you're I like, yeah, that's, say, please, yeah, you should not be involved should, in this. Please don't say no. Uh, but the way that they say it is like, I can't say no to my 15-year-old daughter. Yeah, she asked me for like necklaces and cars, and I want to fuck this bodyguard. And I was like, well, I can't say no. Go to town, baby. She's Veruca Salt for sure. <laughs> and but Daddy, she wants that guard now. The part like that I thought was ultimately like made it clear was she puts a record on, and <laughs> she starts dancing, and she starts dancing in this way where either you're a, you're in a Tarantino movie, uh, and Quentin finds you hot. Or you're very clearly the villain. Like, she starts yeah. putting her hands yeah. in the air. Oh, and, no. Don't do that. And Leighton's just trying to keep his cool. And I think what we're supposed to think is that Leighton wants to fuck this bitch. But what he's actually thinking is, oh, case solved. I got it. <laughs> I don't, I don't he, need to do anything more. He's so confident he knows it that he gives her the knife. Like, that yeah. weird hook knife thing that she uses to chop dodes off. And he's just like, yeah, hold this. Because he's definitely building up like, we're, you know what? Again, still using that what people think about the tail. She doesn't think he actually wants to solve the crime or wants justice. He's like, and you'll get me stuff with the tail, and there'll be a revolution. And she's like, hell yeah. And then when she's in front of other people, he went, this bitch killed it. And he knows she's off a rocker enough that she's going to jump off and try to attack him. But Leighton's whole thing has been finding blueprints so they can like do the best revolt ever. Right. And he thinks that she can get that for him. And he says, oh, yeah, I'm not going to tell your story. Then they found out that Eric was fucking murdered by a bunch of knives that shoot out crazy amounts of blood every time you plunge the knife in. <laughs> was he fucking with her the whole time or with the bodyguard dead? He's like, oh, my plan's over. I, I took it as fucking with her the whole time because I don't – if I was Leighton, I wouldn't trust LJ to get any sort of plan. She doesn't seem capable of anything except whining. Hold on. This 15-year-old ginger slash 27-year-old slash murderer slash 60-year-old uh, – like uh, crime boss, you're not going to trust her, Mike? No, I don't think so. <laughs> it's a good instinct. He is super bold though, because like he was like he walked directly past her to announce that she was the murderer. Like that is such a bold move to be like, I won't. I'm going to wait until I'm directly in front of for this unstable person to say, you know what? They're actually the murderer. But yeah, first of all, we need our characters to, to actually our lead characters to have a true north. So. He wants those blueprints, but we can't have him 
let a murderer go free in order to get the blueprints. So that right. kind of sold it. And then also, um, when he said it, she got up to leave. She ran away. And he, you know, defended himself slash, like, captured her. And then the cops ran in. And the cops arrested her. Were you guys surprised by that? That they didn't I just was run stunned. in? And- <laughs> Fine I them. really thought it was going to go down exactly how it does in the real world. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, I was like, oh, okay, all right, it's fine, it's cool, we can watch this, this is chill. It, especially because they just killed Eric, the cops, like, hand axe, blood gush, killed Eric, so I thought there was a conspiracy, like, we gotta kill the people who know the real truth, yeah. uh, and so I thought they were gonna just take out everybody, so now, maybe it wasn't a giant conspiracy. Maybe just straight up. It was, so, um, we do, I just, I the show is wild. There's some like writing points when watching these shows that it makes me like, I just have to question it. And the part, like we keep mentioning that the dicks were getting chopped off, but the tool used for it was a beekeeping thing. And I don't know like whose idea this was, why they just really brought this home where it was just this beekeeping hook. And they're like, ah, use this to cut some dicks off. But I love how like dicks are getting chopped off and here's a tool that could clearly do it. And it probably did. But somebody's like, oh, that's for beekeeping. And then everybody else is like, oh, it's for beekeeping. Never, You know what? Well, Everyone's keeping bees. I think that's showing the, the lack of ingenuity and creativity in most of the upper class. So, like, this tool is for that job. That's all it could ever be for. <laughs> and because in Snowpiercer 1001 Trans Long, I think it's trying to say, like, every every resource, every tool is accounted for. But the apiary went down in the first two years. So this is, like, nobody cared about it anymore except for this. Like, I think she got the new world more than anybody else did. And apiary is where you grow plants in the shape of apes? Bees. You grow plants in the shape of bees? <laughs> yes. Tiny little the, bees? Tiny little bees. It's so cute. There is, so the end of the show that we have to talk about. So Leighton did figure out who Mr. Wilbur is. And because of that, got like essentially like drugged and put in like a morgue, but he's still alive. Mm-hmm. So like what? What they're keeping him alive for a reason, but do you guys know? Like, I don't know the purpose for keeping him alive. I, that's a good question, and like we know that because we know how shows work. That Debbie Diggs will be on the show again, mm-hmm. but uh, from Melanie's standpoint, um, she's saying this is a very resourceful Taylor that like I just mm-hmm. use the fuck out of. But and the thing that he found out was like he knows that like there is no Mister Wilford, right? Like that's what yeah. he figured yeah. out. That she is her, yeah, and. So, in order to keep everything going, all 1,001 is one, one, one. One, one train's going is to make sure that secret stays. So, chloroform, put them in the drawers, and now I've lost, lost an asset. Yeah. But, yeah, be, again, I think it's, it's very close. You've got to have your resources. So, don't get rid of one just because it might blow up the entire society. Throw them in the drawers is their jail. Throw them in the da- jail for a while until you need them again. And because I think she's a control freak, she's like, oh, when I release him, he'll be so grateful. He's not in the comb anymore. Oh, okay. He'll just do what I say. Uh, that's that's my... But it did, again, very topical. She uh, said, let's put the politics down and just celebrate right before she poisons him. Mm-hmm. And man, anytime somebody these days says, why does everything have to be about politics? I just see Jennifer Connelly in them now. <laughs> You're going to poison me with something. Something. But yeah, I guess that makes sense. I didn't think about like them using him like to wake him up still and still use him as an asset. Because like, it just seems like like once he's down, like you're you need to keep him down. So like... I'm excited to see like what happens with that actually. Well, yeah, what we do get is at the end somebody says to the Tailies that Leighton is missing. Mm-hmm. Right? So they're probably going to pre-start their revolt to get him out of the drawers or whatever. Uh and then the Tailies also gave us like our 
our most tense thing. We're like, this was sort of like a slow, almost British, who's the killer? We don't know. Right. Um, <laughs> but I do want to talk about the other, the Taley's job, which was to spend one lunch break uh, trying to do something, trying to get to like a person. And I like, I just, I got to give props to the people in the security room who were like, we're in the lunch room, the break room, who were like ripping off clothes and saying, we got, we have one second, be ready. And then they, they were like, all right, now look casual. And they all put like an arm up on the table <laughs> or like a sandwich in their hand mid bite. And then the guard walked in and the guard was like, oh, that's some of the most normal lunch eating I have ever seen. <laughs> Nothing has happened here. And then just walked away. While they're sweating. <laughs> yes, yeah, sweating. It was that they they went immediately back to being like just super miserable. Like they were instantly just like so dejected. Like it was so sad looking at that sandwich, and they were just like, "Yep, this seems about right." Now get back to work. Fucking tailies. Fucking tailies, man. But it revolution started in these next ones. Uh, you, I, you guys, I think so. Yeah. Uh, so Snowpiercer is it's on Tuesdays. What days does this play on TNT? Sundays on Sundays TNT. Sundays on TNT. That's all we have for the main event to talk about it. Next up, stop at another bullpen. All right, let's do this one last time. We are back in the bullpen, and this time, you guys, we are so good at casting things. Marvel knows this. DC knows this. We're just the go-to people. And um, it was announced Spider-Verse 2, Into the Spider-Verse 2, is in production. It's coming out. And what better time to help help Marvel cast than when it's just in starting to production? So are you? we did some research. We found, like, the best Spider-Man, and we are going to rank them. We'll eventually give them a list. I want to hear your guys' top Spider-Man. I'll decide, because they want... We got to make sure that the best Spider-Man are getting the most screen time. So I'm going to rank them, because I have the best judgment here. And I'll let you guys just throw who you want to see in this one, and we'll and the best handwriting. I I love the intro because you didn't say we want to talk about this because we absolutely do not. They need us to talk. They about need this. us. They, yeah, yeah. They're lost. They lost Lord and Miller, so they're like, who's next up? Who can possibly do kids? it? I was like, I know our job is only to cast uh, it, but I would also say maybe a title change because I don't know how catchy Spider Verse Two colon Into the Spider Verse Two is. Mm-hmm. I really do think they should change that as the title of the film again. Into the Spider Verse, <laughs> the Spider Verse ring, like an awakening. That one doesn't work. <laughs> I'll throw that one away. Don't send that one to Marvel, you guys. But I do. She is good at judging. She knew that that was stupid right away. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I can call myself on it. Okay, I know this. Um. But let's get your guys's. I want to get your whole list. So I will start with Ryan. Who would you like to see into Spider Verse Two? Well, Cassie, write a number one down because we're like going to collaborate on this top five. But here's the number one. I'll okay. just say it real quick. All right. Uh, there's a Marvel universe that is all primates and Spider so, Monkey. Yep. Spider okay. motherfucking monkey. Which, by the way, Spider Monkey. There is an actual type of monkey, which makes it doubly clever. Uh, is a monkey dressed as Spider-Man who runs around the jungle doing Spider-Man things. Okay. I did want to shit on this, but it sounds like we all had this on our list because you know Spider-Monkey was on there on my list. And Mike, you had it on yours as well? Yeah, it sounds just too delightful to not be on anybody's list. And you know, like, Spider-Ham did so well in the first one. You know they're going to try to recapture that lightning. Yeah. If if they bring all the old Spider-Men back... Like ham and monkey are gonna have some words. Like they're gonna fight over a sausage or two. Well, oh, probably not sure. sausage. Probably, I hope not sausage. <laughs> Maybe a chicken sausage. But even then, if you were a pig, would you be okay with eating chicken sausage? It's just too close to home. Would you be okay with uh, 
a monkey about to eat something and then you take it away from them? <laughs> no, oh. I, I, I like my face where it is. That's... Also, they have the proportionate powers of a human spider. <laughs> that's a lot to. That's a lot of math. That's a lot of math. <laughs> And you know, to n- never take anything from a monkey, absolutely not. That is a frightening, yet possibly adorable Spider-Man. So I do, it's at one right now, we'll see where it stands, it's very strong, Ryan. But Mike, who do you have? I, I want, so if, if Miles Morales, I assume, is still going to be the, the lead, but be in the first one he had Spider-Gwen, so like the almost co-lead, and I want that, somebody like, you want cool different visuals and a, a, an actual personality to bounce off of, and I think... Uh, not the most inventive name, but Spider Punk, aka Hobart Brown, yes. from a world where he started a revolution and leads like an anarchic society. Mm-hmm. This guy's dope. You he abs- has uh, he has spider powers that comes out of his electric guitar. Like <laughs> yeah. they so, did it up for this motherfucker. Oh my god. Okay, I really, I really wanted to like shoot down what you guys had, but so far our lists are lining up. That is my number one is Spider Punk because that is absolutely the Spider Man we need right now. Like he just takes down like the Venom Enhanced Police Force. Like this is kick ass. This is absolutely. I love this Spider Man. The problem is that uh, punk rock people always like put their hand in this way, like the the fingers, and then that, that just shoots, shoots webs them. everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Every time he loves a band, it gets messy. <laughs> love this song, and then just webs everywhere. All right. Well, Mike, I've. You do have the number one spot right now, so I am going to go ahead. I'm sorry, Spider Monkey is very good, but it just it can't compete with Spider Punk. It's simply what about Spider Punky, the punk rock (laughs) monkey, played by Punky Brewster. (laughs) You know what? No, Ryan, absolutely not. But the number two spot I'm actually going to put right now, and I'm going to make that Spider Ma'am, which is actually just Aunt May was now bitten by a radioactive spider instead of Peter Parker, and she takes on the identity of Spider Ma'am. And it's Spider just- Ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> and there is nothing. It's just like, it doesn't need anything else besides that. Like, that description alone is delightful, and it would be delightful to watch that. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's, I did not know that was a thing that existed, but just her, just her saying, like, somebody comes up and says, oh, uh, Aunt May, uh, mm, Spider Ma'am, please. Spider- you, <laughs> Show respect. I wonder if she has like uh, a handbag that's like with the Spider-Man colors and pattern on it. That's what I can only. That's part of her costume. And like I can't decide like which version of Aunt May, like the one in the Spider-Verse that's totally kick-ass or if she is a bit older. Like there's so many versions to make with Spider-Man. I think if you're going Spider-Man, I want 1970s about to die every moment (laughs) Aunt May. Like just old as shit. Old as dirt. Okay, Ryan. So that's going to leave the third spot. Who do you got for that? Um, there's a universe where there was a uh, Dark Knight Returns story called Spider-Man Reign, where it was about an older Spider-Man. And the reason it's down, it, it's not great. It, it's definitely not Dark Knight Returns. But uh, the reason why this story uh, stands out is because Mary Jane is dead when the story starts. And the reason is because Peter Parker tried to impregnate her, and she died from radioactive sperm. <laughs> and... I want instead for uh, him to be ashamed of that. Just to, that's his weapon. That's his <laughs> web. And just shoot that web everywhere he can. <laughs> Ryan, what was the name of this one? Spider-Man Rain. Spider-Man and, uh, like, Rain. Rain like a king, not rain like your radioactive jizz. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> rain he's from raining the, it down. Raining from the sky. Dear Jesus. Ryan, it is going on the board simply because there is just open space right now. But no, that, I figured, is, yeah. <laughs> that is not going great. Mike, can you bring us back up? Who do you got? 
Yeah, I, I want the different personalities, and uh, there's this version of Spider-Man who's very prim and proper because he's from the 1600s, and he's French. His name is Peter Parquois, okay. and uh, he has the fluffy collars. He's he's like a young science, but again, 1600s versions of science, and having him bump heads against Spider-Monkey and Spider-Punk <laughs> sounds like so much fun to watch. Who are the least prim and proper? He's going to have so much manner teaching to do. Oh, yeah. He's so stuffy. He's so, oh, that is a completely different take from Peter Parker and definitely better than um, Radioactive Jizz Spider-Man. So thank you for that. <laughs> I truly, That's re- what I do. <laughs> truly do appreciate that. Um, strong one. I don't know if it's the third spot because I feel like I've got the third spot. I want to put in Spider-Bite, which is a girl named Margot, And she lives in a different world where virtual reality has become equal to the real world. And she's just this hero in this VR land, and she's, like, crazy smart and super badass. And I just want this, like, VR kind of, like, Blade Runner kick-ass vibe. But can she help in the real world where the rest of them will be? You, you Someone's <laughs> got to take over the VR land, okay? If you don't know, it's just a very... turn it off. Who cares a shit? <laughs> no, Mike. You can't turn off from this joy. Absolutely yeah. not. What if, like, Henry Osborn in the sequel is like, fuck this real world. I'm only going to attack the VR world. And she's like, oh, shit. This is a lot for me right now. This I'd be, is too much. I, I thought there was going to be multiple spider people. But there is, like, I've just wanted, because they did super cool with, like, um in the first Spider-Verse when, like, all the realities were colliding, you know? So I just mm-hmm. feel like the art style could be super cool with this VR one. And that's one of the main reasons I also wanted in there for doing a little behind the scenes. Nobody asked for it, but I'm going to give it. Uh, I do want to point out, though, that, like, I think a lot of people who saw Into the Spider-Verse, they were like, that's crazy. They came up with all of these types of Spider-Men for the movie. Yeah. yeah, there are like they they somehow only picked four. There are thousands of them out there. There are absolutely so many. Okay, Ryan, you get a chance to redeem yourself right now. Give me another Spider Man, and again, no jizz if possible. Did I use the jizz one? You use the jizz one. That one's taken. Okay, I can't believe that I get to say this. I uh, moved this down my list because of my good friend Mike. Um, Damn it! <laughs> there was a time. Where uh, Spider-Man was there, and then other characters were there. And what if we could amalgamate them into being the same person? And for Spider-Man, it was Superboy, Connor Kent, Spider-Boy, with the powers of Superman, Punk Superman, and Spider-Man coming together to fight crime with a red and blue suit and a motherfucking leather jacket. Yeah, this is specifically Connor Kent from the 90s with, like, the one earring, like, the the sort of uh, undercut hair, the long on top, short, and, like, the, always the leather jacket, no matter how damn hot it is outside. I mean, like, they had to cut the top of the mask off to have, like, the bleach blonde uh-huh. uh, middle part just to make He's it as really into possible. punk, and by punk, he means Sugar Ray. <laughs> <laughs> is there yeah. more punk than that? <laughs> Absolutely not. No, there isn't. I love that. Okay, Spider-Boy, you did redeem yourself with that one, Ryan. It's it's decent. It's on the list currently. We'll see where it ends up. Uh, Mike, who do you get? I want a Malcolm so bad. There, there's two. It was either Spider-Boy or another one that Ryan said he'd leave to me. I, I think I would love... Uh, you got to change it up a little, right, for the sequel. Mm-hmm. And I think they... What if they had to take down a Peter Parker? And there's a time where zombies were big, and they got King Walking Dead himself to write Marvel Zombies. Uh but they could all talk, they could remember, and Peter Parker was the only one who, he ate Aunt May and Mary Jane, but he felt bad about it. And so, watching him know everything he did and not be able to stop himself or the other heroes uh, was great, and if he was the villain, I would love it. So, Zombie Spider-Man. Okay, alright. Zombie 
it's strong. I don't know if zombies are too played out right now. Like, I don't know if it's really going to bring people in. I feel like The Walking Dead has really saturated that market. And I just don't know if we can get people on board for this. So I have it. I'll keep it. It's an honorable mention, I feel. But decent work. I hate you. <laughs> All right. So just so we know how this segment goes, it's a top five list that we're creating. And Cassie already has five. And she said that's an honorable mention, which means it is out. There's just no fucking way. <laughs> You you know what? We'll see. I don't know. Maybe it has an upset at the end. It's not going to. It's just, it's an honorable mention. 100%. Because, uh, guys, I'm killing it with my next one right now. I want to put... I would need to see, actually, Golden Sponge Cake Spider-Man. And this Spider-Man was an advertisement from Hostess. And this oh, is, shit. <laughs> this is a Spider-Man who is armed with Hostess cakes. He's got, like, the chocolate cakes. He's got the Twinkies. Just anything Hostess. And that's what he throws at people. And it was... My fi- my favorite part about these ads is that they were done in comic book form. And uh, when I was a kid, I bought a lot of 80s Spider-Man comics. And you'd be flipping through in the middle of a story. And then on a page that looked like a comic, Spider-Man would be like, my Twinkies are gone. What has happened to me? And it was confusing. <laughs> and that, I think, is the confusion we need in the movie for sure. It's really going to bring it home. So thank you for making my point. Um, will tw- will hostess like sort of co-fund the movie? Like they got to pay some money, right? Oh, they got to. They at least provide like Twinkies for like the like staff at least. They're going to be stoked about that. Oh, yeah, for sure. I would happen. be. I would be stoked about that. You guys, I have Do we have any more Spider-Man or do we feel like we've got a good list here? Is I've got a couple, but yeah, I think we're we got a lot, right? We've yeah. we've got a solid list and if this is all everybody wants to submit, I think I'm ready to rank these. Are you guys ready? All right. So ready. So coming in at number five, I was I put it down further on the list. I was gracious that way. I'm I am gonna put Golden Sponge Cake Spider Man, obviously, as number five. Because you've got to have that. Number four, Spider Monkey. How could it not? We all want it on there, and the name is right there. Number three, um, Spider Boy, for sure, because love that punk rock little boy. Two, Spider Ma'am, and one Spider Punk, for sure. And I think this is a solid list. A, a lot of like leather jacket wearing <laughs> Spider-Man, yeah. yeah. Like we should start like some sort of Sex Pistols Spider-Man cover band. <laughs> don't don't tip me with a good time, Ryan. I love that. Well, that is it. That is all the time. I'm going to submit this to Marvel. Be sure to look out for the scenes that we have put together for you guys. Uh, coming up next, the poll list and all the other shows we watched this week. <laughs> Starting off our poll list, the other show we watched, where you're going to start with Agents of Shield. On this week's episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the gang follows the Chromacoms to good old 1955, back when Area 51 was a S.H.I.E.L.D. base. A giant amp EMP was about to explode, and Daniel motherfucking Sousa could drop in on your ass at any moment. Taste buds, I ask you this, how was it to have a decidedly non-Peggy Peggy Carter character back in the mix? Uh, I love... Engelvort Ensign. I can't remember his name. Uh, I, I think this actor is really good, and I loved the character of Sousa. It was nice just to know he's still kicking around. All right, but they did they did this thing though that like a lot of comic books do, like where you turn to the twenty second page and somebody is revealed, and you're like, mm-hmm. I don't know who that is, and I do not care. If you're watching Shield now, is it a big deal, or is Daniel Sousa kind of like one of the least important characters in the history of the MCU? Yeah, but I think if I think this feels like specifically for you, Ryan and me, Mike. Like there's people who Agent Carter was the favorite show of Superhero Hour Hour ever, and they know that, and so this is for us. They can't get Haley Atwell right now. I do believe that, like including Sousa's and Haley Atwell's agents, there are no 
there, there's not two more people on the planet who have talked about Agent Carter more than us, right? Yes, for <laughs> sure. And it set up the tension, like, when we realized that Simmons was pretending to be Peggy, and you know Seuss is on base, and you're like, oh, that's, like, I've never seen S.H.I.E.L.D. do tension so well. It's just, like, ratcheting up the whole time, because they're going to come head to head. Yeah, and it happened right away, and he was cool about it, and he was he like, was very cool. hey, come with me, because you're not Peggy, because I'm in love with Peggy, and I know I'm not in love with you, and then he arrests <laughs> her, and that was sort of it. Do you, I think what I'm trying to say you is that- You didn't like this episode. I, I, <laughs> Uh-oh. I love this episode because of Deke and um, uh, Simmons and uh, Coulson trying to figure out ways to make have a, people have an, a, like an emotional reaction. But oh, yeah. I need to move more forward. Like I, I, I feel like I, I, I know that this is it. This is the last season, and I feel like we're wasting episodes. Oh, then I'd say get ready to be disappointed. Like just hold on to those character moments because I think. Every episode or every two episodes, they're going to be in a different era. We're going to get – so before it was Patton Oswalt, we're going to get a different person in the Marvel Universe connected to everything. But it's just them chasing Chromicons in a different place, and there's going to be a set piece. Well, that I sort of like. Like, do you think that – like, Sif or Jessica Jones or, like, who do you – who else do you think is going to be in this series? I think Sif. Sif's been on before, so she's probably a, a, that, an easier get. That's uh, why I would I love there, if yeah. they started fucking with it and started doing uh, – yeah, Luke Cage and Jessica Jones are just on a date, and she had walked by. <laughs> even if it's just that. Even if it's just Abed on Cougar Town level of cameo. Or they go to the 90s, but it's very 90s, where it's like, it's Daredevil, but he has like that metal armor that yeah. we were doing in the 90s with like all the pouches and stuff. All the pouches. Uh, but yeah, like it's sort of hard to follow, and it's because if they're doing plot, then I don't care. I just mm-hmm. wait for the times where they're hanging out and making jokes. And do you feel like in the past, S.H.I.E.L.D. was better at plot than it is in this season so far? Shut up, Mike. No, it's exactly the same. <laughs> it's been this since the dawn of the show. Yeah, I feel like if we had uh, like a, a better and a more vindictive producer, it would just cut to all the other seasons of S.H.I.E.L.D. where we're like, the character moments are great, but who gives a fuck about this plot? All the way back where it's somehow sepia recording, where it's like... <laughs> Crackles. <laughs> podcast on the march (laughs) but yeah no like uh, other than that it was fine like it it felt like that they had this idea of like what is it like for colson and simmons to ask people for an emotional response and they spent honestly like they spent more time on that than legends would yeah they were so in love with that gimmick they changed it from doing it in a lab to a bus they're just like no we'll just keep doing this game <laughs> like did you have one where you knew you were gonna totally break what would have broken me yeah probably out of like nothing out of like real emotion but like the laughter was him taking on he was like what's the big point john wayne you're rugged you're on a horse so what <laughs> like i probably would have laughed no matter what era i'm from but then you would be proved to not be a chromicom right exactly because you have to just sit there and say like yes wayne bad i get it <laughs> I understand your references. Great point. Uh, Ryan, do you have a moment of the week? Uh, my moment of the week, I'm going to say, is uh, all the 50s stuff. Like, if they're going to do this, like, do it upright. And I'm going to I'm gonna pick, I guess, using the 50s paranoia. It's Mac uh, who says, you know what? I'm just going to make this guy think that we're a spaceship and make him think that we're aliens and scare the shit out of him. <laughs> and... 
they, they're always going to get every era that they're in, they're going to get the clothes right because there's pictures. But uh, do you know how to fuck with somebody the most in every era that you're in? And that's a good way to fuck people. He, like they threaten, I'm going to probe you. And he's like, oh, no, not probing. <laughs> and Mac looks like he doesn't want to say it. <laughs> probe. Uh, Mike, what about you? You got a moment of the week? Yeah, I have a series. Uh, one, I'm going to give a shout out because I do love Sousa. Uh, when he's talking to Simmons as Carter, she says, I'm afraid this place may have been infiltrated. And he just goes, imagine that. <laughs> infiltrated. Right under our nose. Like telling her he knows the jig is up. I thought it was a nice delivery. And then there's a series of Deke dealing with, like, I think in the future there was not racism because they had, like, all humanity was under the foot of Cree. So Deke learning about white racism is so interesting because uh, somebody says Grand Wizard. He's like, oh, that sounds cool. And just, it's not. And he looks confused. <laughs> and then uh, he they, they've been trying to interrogate this very racist guy and it's not working. They're telling Deke it has to be him. He's like, yeah, you're right. I have a way with words. I have a gift of gab. And he slowly realizes it's because he's white. And then he walks in and the guy instantly goes, it's nice to finally meet the man in charge. And Deke goes, you just... Went right to wow. that. <laughs> Just proved it all true right away. Uh, the other one I had real quick was that uh, he's going to bust. Uh, Daniel Seuss is going to bust um, Chloe Bennett Quake because he doesn't think that she's from the CIA. And did you see what he picked up in order to call the CIA? What? The Seussa phone. Oh. <laughs> I'm so bad, mad that I let you go and do that, Ryan. How dare you? Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is on Wednesdays on The CW. Our next and final show of the week is Stargirl. On this week's Stargirl, we get to see the start of the Power Girl duo as Courtney recruits Yolanda to join her supergroup and be Hellcat. After some Googling, they practice her new skills and find out that she's a natural at it. Yolanda is hesitant to join, though, because she's not sure if now is the time for her to hide behind a mask. Taste friends, I ask you, are you as torn about Yolanda being Hellcat as I am? And this is solely because of, like, I felt like it was a really cool and, like, powerful moment for her to, like, it was a real adult moment for her to be like, I don't know if, like, I kind of need to work on me. Like, now's not the time for me to be hiding behind this persona. Like, I need to tackle some shit. And then, okay, like... So that, it was powerful, but it was also bullshit because teenagers do not have that sort of, like, self-awareness. <laughs> but then she did it and she was like, hey, family, uh, just to let you know. Uh, I am totally fixed and I would like to say thank you for the punishment, but it's probably unnecessary. Here we are. And then for, like, they just reacted like your worst fears of family. It, like, you will mm-hmm. never be the Yolanda that we used to know. It was, yeah, well, well I didn't know, like, we, we've talked about how this show is is better uh, than a lot of the CW shows. I do think this is the weakest episode so far and would be a lot worse, except for that scene yeah. uh, was so powerful and emotional and well handled and did not go the way I thought it was going to go. <laughs> I was expecting very like Katie Keene, like hugs at the end of it. Mm-hmm. And for them to, this is why kids kill themselves. Parents like kids fuck up, embrace that and learn. Cause if Yolanda didn't have the wildcat out, she would just kill herself after that. She has nothing at school and nothing at home. And just a brother who, at least we'll sometimes say, guys, stop being mean. And that's the extent of him defending her. And the thing is, too, is that I believe the parents. Like, it's it's not the best, like, scripted scene. But, like, I do think that there's parents out there. Like, this is mm-hmm. honest parents who were saying, like, oh, man, you are hurting. And it's my job to be a parent. And even though I will never not think of you like that, I guess I should just be a parent. And then there's parents who were like, no, fuck you, bitch. Like, you will never go back mm-hmm. in my head like this. You and they it. let these people have kids. Yeah. It is. It is monstrous. Uh, it's. Ins- she made. 
Yeah, once it, it, it's it, it, it's not that she fucked up. It's Henry, mm-hmm. the evil little redhead, who also uh, I think how we met him was making fun of her for having nude photos before we knew they dated. Yeah. So, so yeah. what a dirtbag. Yeah. Did we explain that though? Like she didn't like do heroin in front of her grandma. Like she didn't murder somebody. She sent a, uh, a boob text to one guy at high school, right? Like to that, her boyfriend. Her boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the thing that the parents are saying: you will never be the same to me again. Yeah, and then the mean girl somehow got that photo and then sent it to everybody. Because I I do wish they, we didn't have this when I was in school. The send to everybody in my school text. <laughs> I wish I had that function. It's real powerful. But yeah, just to that say was... like, hey, today's my birthday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all give me hugs. We all know how you would use it, Ryan, for sure. But it was like this. The darkest I thought the show would get was last week with like a child's death. But straight up, it was it was so much darker to have her come to her parents and be like, "Hey, I am like I am trying to heal, and I need you guys to help me." Like it was so fucked up for her to have to come to them and be like, "Help me through this," and step up as parents and then be like, mm, "No, I can't go to the supermarket without being in shame." So fuck you. But like, as far as like. Watching TV goes, I'm not comparing them in real life, but as far as watching TV goes, when that kid died, that was sad, but he's dead. Like, he doesn't have to then find out that his parents are pieces of shit. Mm, We have to watch Yolanda figure that out, and then now we have more Yolanda in the future Mm -hmm. of just always knowing that her parents said that. And the mom was like, they looked at the dad, uh, okay, so mom's a bitch, like, dad, are you cool? And he was like, less than the mom. I hate you more. (laughs) How dare you talk to us? They're, they're mad. She gets home. They go, go upstairs right away. They don't even want her in the house. Like, send her to an aunt in California or something, man. Something. What are you doing at that point? What do you think you're doing? Yeah. And this text was like two or three months ago yeah. where they refused to talk to her or look at her. It's wild. But we did get, like, I'm torn because Cat. I am very excited for her to be Hellcat. One, because she is super badass as soon as she puts on, like, this suit. She's, like, kick-ass. And she brings out this nerdiness in Courtney. Like, you see how uncool Courtney is in compared to Yolanda. Mm-hmm. Like, she's just like, I don't know, try this. And then Yolanda has this, like, natural, like, leadership and, like, ability to her. I, I, I liked that, and I liked the difference in their personality. I do think, like, Wildcat uh, in the comics is just a dude who's good at boxing. And I thought we were just going to get a street-level superhero. But the suit makes her more magical and forms to her and it was like i was like we don't need more magic right well yeah but come on though like you got to remember what it's like to introduce thor and then hawkeye like uh-huh. we need them to have a like some sort of normal playing field and if although if she put on the suit and then became a boxer from the 30s like <laughs> an old man male like boxer from the 30s <laughs> so a scrap see <laughs> there was like I found out what I always want. Like, instead of get rid of, like, training montages, like, I just need people straight up pulling up Wikipedia and being like, I don't know, this is what you can do, apparently. Try it. (laughs) It was the best scene. All right, that's fine. That's a good shortcut. But then also, like, we only have so many appliances in the house. And Courtney took the one toaster, like, and they just fucking destroyed it. That was why a toaster, cousin? Cause and it, <laughs> it's to get back at that shitty little brother who was just like, you have no friends now. Let me make some pop tarts. Like fuck that guy. Take his toaster. That was a baller move. <laughs> it's the family's toaster. I no. bet Courtney <laughs> will want some toasted bread at some point. It she is. I think it, it goes to show what a she is a dumb teenager and she is impulsive. I, I really like that move. It's just like uh, Yolanda points it out. She's like, so how long did you? They were bonding. She's like, so how long did your dad train you? Yeah. And she's like, oh, I never met him. And Yolanda now. <laughs> Halfway up a building, is like, what am I doing? 
right, we have the LVP Shushi coming up. Uh, least valuable player, and that motherfucking little stepbrother is Mike? moving up the list. <laughs> oh my god, Fuck that fucking kid. That kid sucks, you guys. I didn't know I could hate somebody worse than Bodie, but it's this fucker. It's this fucker for sure. Was it this episode where he was like, uh, nobody's ever died of eating too much sugar? And Courtney's like, are you serious? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was this one. It, we did get a glimpse. We got a little piece of information that the principal is in with this bad club. Because the principal went to go visit um, Henry's brainwave. Dad, brainwave, who is in the hospital. Uh, and she, like, busted out this violin. Are we getting some, like, bard, like, magic shit in the future? Like, do what do you guys know about this character? This is weird to say, but I would say... Uh, as far as superhero show show goes, the second most dangerous villain whose power is to play a violin of all time. <laughs> yeah, second, it's insane. I'm excited for that one, and I don't know anything about like it, what what was that doctor's name? The like lizard guy who like wanted to take the magician's body. All right, KK Cobra. Yes, the new most <laughs> fucked up character. <laughs> I wrote, who reads out Icicle, who is a fucking cool cucumber. I wrote down Dr. Henry Hissinger, uh, but this is <laughs> this is the best part of the night for so many reasons because, oh man, he just, he's clearly a bad guy and knows it. You know, like Icicle and the other members of the Justice League, maybe except for Solomon Grundy, are like, no, I, I'm doing what's best. It's just like a little illegal, but I'm doing what's best. This guy's like, I'm a villain and I love it. <laughs> he, he comes down to the basement with two like backup singer sidekicks. <laughs> like he asked to leave. Like, hey, guys, we're not doing the Henry uh, Hissinger theme song right now. So you guys can go back upstairs. Uh, I, I cannot wait for more of this person. Yeah. He has snake eyes. He he does he unsettles Jordan who who has been in control of every moment. But yeah, cuz Jordan does believe in it. He just knows this is the deal with the devil. You're going to get somebody who wants to Frankenstein other villains bodies into each other. And he's just like mm. <laughs> And it's a little nerve-wracking because as Courtney is uh recruiting teenage girls and as Pat excuse me, Pat is like just now realizing that if you go against the just Injustice League, then they will destroy your car, murder you, and let your cat go free. Uh, they are recruiting straight up baller villains like yeah. Doctor Hiss Hiss. <laughs> <laughs> Super excited for Doctor Hiss Hiss. Uh, Ryan, was that your moment of the week? You were very excited, but do you have another? My moment of the week is I love how this guy talks, um, but there's one point where him and Icicle are trying to figure out like so are we on the same page or are we not and then he looks at him and he's like no, I will do all of your like I will f- figure it out and then Icicle <laughs> looks at him and he's like and I won't betray you and like <laughs> and then Icicle's like he has said it I mean he's lying but like at least he said it I got a little reassurance uh, Mike what about you moment of the week yeah, the, the way this show is tackling uh, how dumb kids would think old superheroes are, I really do like. Uh, before Yolanda puts the outfit on, they talk about how bad it smells. And yeah, because this guy fought crime in it for a decade, so it's going to smell like shit. And never washed it. No and way. never washed it. But he didn't have a Pat. Yeah. Pat only watched Star Guys. Uh, and then the other one with them is uh, the Wikipedia references, because Yolanda says, you want me to jump off a building? Courtney says, I don't want you to. Wikipedia <laughs> said Wildcat could jump off buildings. Take that information do what you want with it uh along the same lines my moment of the week is courtney making friends with her and her the method she ended up using was like hey you hate this fuckface henry um i fucked up his car we should be friends (laughs) yeah i'm into that technique for me that's enough like courtney like gently says enemy of my enemy is my friend or like you know we have the same enemy so like we should be cool um and then just hopes that like hey i blew up his car isn't that cool but 
I would do a an episode of just like them at lunch together. You know, oh, yeah. uh, I'm not sure about next week. I'm a little nervous when Beth comes into the picture. Yeah. The girl who loves her parents more than anybody's loved their parents. <laughs> uh, but these two together, I really like the back and forth. Yeah. I'm excited for it. Um, you guys, that's all the time we have to talk about Stargirl. It is on Mondays on the DCU or Tuesdays on the CW. Two ways to watch that one. And that is all the shows we had to watch this week. Um, so just wrapping it up now, we just got some plugs to put in. Uh, Mike, can you tell us about some websites? Yeah, you could go to uh, yourpopfilter.com. It's where everything we do, it lives there. Mm -hmm. And so whatever we do, it's there. And then you can also go to patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. Um, Pick a tier. Give us a little bit of money. Get extra content. And yeah, those are the websites. Let me just say real quick that uh, if you don't, belong to our patreon then you are going to miss out on a doozy of uh me and mike judging our future children and <laughs> what so, abominations they will do yeah, it was a real fucked up idea that we got thrown up on there so you should listen to it throw a dollar that way i believe you get it for just a dollar or i don't know about that yeah but fuck be- it cassie said it it's true now <laughs> you'll get that one for a dollar <laughs> well great work uh, me ryan can you tell us about some other shows Yes, uh, if you like this show, but it's too much Cassie, subscribe to Movie of the Year, where we talk about uh, what is the single greatest movie of any given year. If you like this show, but it's too much me and Mike, subscribe to Unnatural 20s, where Cassie uh, makes people think that she likes them more than me and Mike. It's hard, mm-hmm. but she tries. Try. And then they go through what it's like to be in your 20s and very unnatural. <laughs> And, Mike, if people want to rate any of those shows, how would they do that? Uh, you can rate this show by going to ratethispodcast.com slash superhero. It'll lead you to wherever and everywhere you can rate it. And all the other ones, uh, Spotify, you know, the normal Apple Podcasts, ways. all the fucking normal ways. Rate, review, subscribe. It does help. Tell a friend. I think this is – let's do real gorilla like 1980s style. Just tell a friend, listen to this show. I know we're in important times. You're, you're probably like, you should be listening to Pod Save America mm-hmm. or Seeing White. Also – Check out the Superhero Show show. <laughs> Some great vibes over there. Uh, Ryan, can you tell... Do we got an email? How do people get in contact with us? Contact at yourpotfilter.com is how you email us. Every other week, every third week, we uh, collect all the emails and we answer their questions. And more importantly, we deal with their complaints and try to be uh, mature about it. Cool. And just <laughs> listen, to, uh, listen to the notes that you guys sent us. Uh, try not to curse. Uh, but yeah... Uh, Contact at your pot filter if you want us to talk about your shit on our show. And Mike, are we on social media? At your pop filter on Twitter, on Instagram. End of list. That's it. That's all you need. What more could you want? All right, you guys, next week it's another big show, another great one to tune in for. Um, on it, we're gonna talk about how Stargirl is finding her hour man and Dr. Midnight. We're gonna talk about the trial of the Snowpiercer Killer. And, of course, the Shushy Award for Best Team. So be sure to tune in for that. It's going to be great. For Mike, I'm Ryan. For Ryan, I'm Ryan. And for me, I'm me. And Mike and Ryan. And bye. And you and everyone, bye. Bye. <laughs>